Amen. Thank you so much, Arena, for uh, getting us started today. Listen, I, I forgot something last week at the beginning of the service that I meant to do, and uh, I have had several of you to remind me of this during the week, and a week ago, I think Friday, was Miss Winnie Corn's birthday, and uh, I don't think you care if I say your age, do you? I mean, that's quite an achievement. 95 years young. 95 years young. So, I, I've said for ever since I've been here, when I first came here, I would see pictures on social media of Winnie Corn, and she'd be in all kind of places. They used to have a thing. Y'all remember where in the world is Carmen San Diego? I was wondering where in the world is Winnie Corn? And she would be everywhere. She'd be on planes. She'd be in a red hat. She'd be dancing. Um, she still dances, but uh, she, she is uh, quite a lady. So, Miss Winnie, we love you, and I just wanted to recognize you today. What a lady. Hey, I don't know about you, but do you ever have things happen in your life and you hear something that you just can't get past? Just can't get past it. Well, this is how it's been for me this week. Let me tell you what I heard last week. I heard a sermon from right here. And it talked about Jesus being the rock on which we're built. I've not been able to get over that. And so I just want to tell you a couple of things before the choir sings, how this has run through my life this week. I've thought about that every day. And then last night we had the opportunity to celebrate a birthday for a dear friend of ours who's also he's been a worship leader and and I heard his pastor talk about um, there was a room full of people we met down at the clock and they had that little private dining room it was full just full of people and they've been together they've been friends for 30 40 years and they've done life together and the pastor said I think the thing we miss about church these days is that we fail to understand Christian community. We do the things we're supposed to do. We show up on time. We go to our groups. We go to our services. But we forget that we're in this together. And God has called us to do life together so that we may be a force for his good. And I think about how does that happen? And then God brought this Scripture. I had Carol read this to me over again this morning on the way. It says, this is Psalm 63. It says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. See, to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and med meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. And that just spoke to my soul this week. I want us to be the church that hungers and seeks after God just like this. Just like this. Because what we really need in this world is Jesus. Only Jesus.
Thank you, choir. By the way, we have choir rehearsal starting back today at 5 o'clock, and we'd love for some of you to join us. We have a bunch of new music that we're going to be looking at today that we'll be doing over weeks to come, so we'd love to have you join us. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child, and forever I am. Let's stand together as we sing. Reading how I love to proclaim it, reading by the blood of the Lamb, reading through His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. Reading, reading by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of His presence with me doth continually singing too much like Baptist. And I think we need to open the gears a little more. And I love this last thing. If you are a guy like me who suffers with both sleep apnea and insomnia, that's why I say we doze but never close, you will love this last verse because sometimes in the night, I want you to know, uh, Carol will sleep through nuclear holocaust. <laughs> Uh, she, she is a sound sleeper, but I am not. So many times in the night I'm awake and I have no one to talk to but the Lord. And this verse right here speaks to me. I know I shall see in his beauty the king in whose law I delight. Now that's a promise of what's coming. I, I'm going to be in front of him one day and I'm going to rejoice in it. But this is the one who lovingly guardeth my footsteps all the way through this world. And giveth me songs in the night. I don't even wake her up when I'm singing. But Jesus hears. Let's sing that last verse. I know I shall see in his beauty The king in whose mighty light Who lovingly guardeth my footsteps And giveth me songs in the night
my fears are pressing in, I will trust in you, O Lord, in the silence I will wait. I will stand upon your word, you're my solid rock and my salvation, my steadfast hope that won't be shaken, my soul will wait. My soul will wait for you. You're my stronghold and my shield in the midst of every threat. Though the wicked never yield, they will vanish like a breath. Yes, I know the outcome sure. Satan's My soul will wait, my soul will wait for you. This is love I can't explain. This is mercy unreserved. Through your sacrifice so great, I have peace that's undeserved. For the battle has been won, and I fear no shame or loss. Now the sting of death is gone. You're my solid rock and my salvation, my steadfast hope that won't be shaken. My soul will wait, my soul will wait for you. My comfort when I feel forsaken, my refuge and my sure foundation, my soul will wait, my soul will wait for you. Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? 
Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Son of God and one of us, the lover of our souls. Isn't the name of Jesus
the way. He's the way, the truth, the life, the only way to God. Oh, is in the name of Jesus holy. Amen. Be seated. And amen. Good morning, church. So good to see each of you. I know we've probably got some folks that are traveling, have a long weekend, but man, this is a good-looking crowd today. As a matter of fact, look to your neighbor to the left or right and say these words. You are the best-looking thing I've seen all day. Oh, my. Well, hallelujah for that. That's good. That is so good. Hey, I, I very quickly want to say thank you. You have been so kind to, to me, to Pat, to our family this week, and uh, you just never know what's going to happen from one day to the next, do you? And uh, so uh, we just got to celebrate uh, my dad's home going. We haven't had the service yet. We're still trying to work on that and get all those arrangements done. It just doesn't seem to be as easy as it used to be to make all those arrangements, and so we've had a little complication, but the Lord's going to see us through that. But we've just gotten so many calls, cards, uh, texts, emails. You have just been so incredibly good to us. And uh, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, I've had my moments where, you know, I've laughed and just kind of reminisced and thought about my dad and growing up and just the uniqueness of who he was and how God created and wired him. And, uh, uh, I just, uh, I love that, and so I've, I've laughed, I've cried, I've thought about a lot of different things, and uh, more than anything else, I'm just grateful to God today that my dad is not suffering, he's not anxious today, he's not confused about where he's at, and uh, I do believe the Bible when it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And uh, so I just rejoice in that. And uh, so uh, just appreciate again uh, your kindness. You've been absolutely wonderful. I've got a new favorite bumper sticker. I was, you know, you're kind of up and down the road this week. And, and I saw a classic old truck. And I thought, man, that's a good-looking truck. And uh, so I, I was kind of beside it, then I ended up kind of behind it at a red light, and I noticed that there was a bumper sticker on the back of that truck, and here's what it said, zero to 60 eventually. <laughs> Boy, I like that. And so I know last week we started in Matthew chapter 16 and we, we began a sermon series. At first I didn't mean for this to be a series, but just in the providence of God and how everything is worked out, that's exactly what it's going to be. So we're going to be again today in Matthew chapter 16. And last week we looked at this statement of Peter, this confessional statement about Jesus and Jesus saying that only God could have revealed that to you and uh, that he was Christ, the son of the living God. And so we looked at the idea of rocks and how that he is the chief cornerstone. I love the book Ephesians. It's probably one of my favorite books. Listen to this. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. In other words, that means this. If you are here today and you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we are a bunch of little rocks that are built on the rock. That's what that means. And you know what? The Lord continues to chisel and work on us as rocks. Somebody say amen. I mean, that work never, 
ever stops. And so this great confessional statement, this beautiful picture that Jesus will build his church and that brings me so much joy and satisfaction to know that Jesus will build his church well today I want to move from the rocks and I want to talk about the gates today what did he mean as he began to talk about that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail so if you've found your place, Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word. As a matter of fact, hold your Bible or device up and say this with me. This is the Bible. It's God's holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing Word. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, and by the way, the reason that is so significant it's because it wasn't always named Caesarea Philippi. It was, it was named that to, to kind of uh, honor Caesar, all right? But, but there was a, a white marble temple that was there, and it was a place of paganism. It was a place of pluralism. It was a place of relativism. I mean, you could believe anything that you wanted to believe and to be a part of that temple. Now listen, I'm all, listen I, somebody asked me years ago, if you weren't Baptist, what would you be? And I said, I'd be ashamed. But I was just kidding about that, all right? So I, I am not opposed to a, a brother or sister that's a Methodist or Presbyterian or charismatic. I, I mean, I don't even, I, I don't have a hard time with that. But, but they're, they're, the idea that we could be ecumenical, that you could just believe anything that you want to believe that is God and somehow we're all going to end in the same place, friend, I can't go there. And I don't believe the Bible teaches that at all. But that was what was going on in that temple. Matter of fact, originally it was named after the god Pan. And so they changed that to honor Caesar. And so you can just imagine, this is the background. This is the backdrop that Jesus makes this incredible statement. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, blessed. That is such a, that is a, an amazing thing that God would even bless us. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Look closely at verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Lord, thank you for today. God, thank you for just a sweet time of worship through music and God through Bible study and Lord, just being together today. Thank you for giving us a beautiful day today, God. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the cold weather that just lets us know that we're alive. And Lord, we gather today and we pray, Lord, that you would meet with us and that we would just, God, experience a fresh measure of your glory today. God, I thank you for your word and the power of your word, the truth of your word. And I ask you today to allow the Holy Spirit to come and to be our teacher and to draw us close to you today. And Lord, would you feed us from manna from on high. God, fill us with your truth. And I pray as we experience your truth, God, that you would bring about life change that we all desperately need. And God, we will thank you, bless you, praise you, glorify you for all that you do. And we ask it in your name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want you to know that the church is really commissioned to a great task. And so here's the beginning of the church, and, and God's kind of laying out his strategy. I heard one great preacher uh, use an illustration. The angels in heaven just kind of looked down one day and said, Jesus, what is your strategy for building your church? 
And Jesus said, well, I've got 11 disciples, and I've got 120 people in the upper room. That is my strategy to build my church. To which they said, Lord, what is your second strategy? <laughs> Have you ever thought of yourself as being a part of God's strategy to build his church here? I want you to think about that today. And one of my prayers is that we would see ourselves as a part of God's economy for accomplishing his redemptive purpose in the here and in the now. That Jesus has truly given us a commission. I won't take time to go to Matthew chapter 28, but surely you are familiar with that. We are called to make disciples, to baptize in the name of Jesus. It's a great commission that Jesus has tasked us with. And, and so here in the text, Jesus is saying, I'm going to build my church. And I love what he says here. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In ancient times, the, the gates of the city were like the meeting place for all the dignitaries. The leaders of the city would meet there, and in the city gates, they would make important decisions. And so we can see that the picture here is this is a place of authority. And so he is picturing the, the gates of hell as a place where Satan and his demons meet to make plans and to create havoc in the lives of God's people. And if you don't believe that's true, let me just take you to Ephesians again. Listen to these words. Finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Do you understand the word scheme, the word strategy or stratagems? It's the fact that you understand that the Bible teaches that Satan has come to kill, to steal, and destroy. And that there is a satanic plan to come against you. The enemy wants to absolutely annihilate and to rid itself of the church of God. Now why is that? I'm going to tell you why. Because you and I are in enemy territory. Now, you may not believe that, but I'm telling you, the Bible teaches that we are in enemy territory. Now, I say I'm from Greer, or Greer, all right? But deep down in my soul, I know that my citizenship is actually in heaven. So if I were to, I, mean, I would probably freak people out if they say, Ken, where are you from? And I said, heaven. But the truth is, the Bible teaches that we are not citizens of this world. If we've been transformed by the power of Jesus, we have been made citizens of heaven. Isn't that good? That's so good. And so, so here, this world, this domain that we know, no wonder there is spiritual warfare. No wonder there is all this stuff going on all the time. Because you and I are trusting and walking with Jesus in enemy-occupied territory. That's why I don't want to ever get too, uh, I, I don't want to drive my, my tent stakes too deep in the soil here because I ain't staying here right I ain't staying here and so Jesus understood he understood the imagery he understood authority he understood everything that was going on in that day and uses it in such a way to to produce something that these men and we need to hear today Satan wants hell's authority to rule in your life instead of God's authority and so I, I know that you've heard me say this and I know it was very clear in the study of Nehemiah anytime there is supernatural advancement okay there's the kingdom of God and it advances there will always be satanic opposition and you can bank on that. 
Now, that, uh, that does something else to me. That also tells me if that's true in the Old Testament, and it was in our study of Nehemiah, it is just as true in the New Testament. So I do believe that there is this thing called spiritual warfare. I do believe the enemy wants to, to rule us and to have authority over us. I believe that he does have a personal demonic plan that could in, include all kind of circumstances in your life. And whatever that method is, I know that his strategy is to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I got good news. Jesus made this statement, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I don't know if you know this or not, but gates are not an offensive weapon. Gates keep people out and gates can keep people in. Or they're supposed to anyway, right? I remember we first moved to Greenville back in 2000. Uh, we had a house full of kids, and Simeon at that time was probably three, three or four years old, Pat. Two and a half, all right, two and a half. But we spent three grand to build a fence in the backyard for the sole purpose of keeping Simeon in the backyard. That boy was everywhere imaginable. And Pat's like, we can just let him just go and play like the others. I mean, he just, and so we got together, we prayed over that, stuck some money to the side, got the builders over there, built that fence, and the very moment that they got that fence done, they come, they knocked on the back door, they wanted to show us what they had done, and Simeon come flying out behind us, and the first thing that child did was crawl over that wall. Hallelujah. The picture of gates. Jesus is trying to tell us as his church that the only offensive weapon that you and I need to truly understand is himself. It is the word. Amen. And sometimes I think the enemy can so bully us even in the church that we have this spirit of fear, this spirit of timidity. We are afraid to do what we know we are supposed to do. And Jesus is making this incredibly bodacious, awesome statement that is loud as it will never shout down the kingdom of God. Never. Now, that's an encouragement to me. That's an encouragement to me. You understand that, that Hades is the picture of just the, the spiritual realm of death. When our enemy comes against us, he moves in that realm of death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And I'm afraid far too many believers are living in this spiritual realm, this fear of death. And, and Jesus has already brought us victory. We can live in his power. We can live in his strength. But why is it that too many of God's people are living so defeated? Why is it that we seem to be moving backwards instead of marching forward? Why are we putting with so much junk in our lives? We are acting as though that being a Christian is always being on the defense. And I'm here to tell you today, no, no, no. Being a Christian is not about being on the defense. It is about being on the offense. Jesus said this, there's one thing that hell can't do, and that is to stop the church of the living God. Oh, my soul, church, you better get ready. So gates, they don't suggest an offensive push. Gates are not weapons. They're barricades. And Jesus is picturing Hades like a prison, suggesting, suggesting that its gates would not be able to contain or imprison the church. 
And so I've got a word for somebody here today, and I want you to sit up, and I want you to listen close. This may be the shortest message I'll ever preach here. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Instead of concentrating so much on what Satan is doing, Why don't we fix our eyes and our minds on what Christ has already done? You hear me? You hear me, church? That means it is time for us to stop playing defensively. It it is time the church stop being pushed around by this world and its mindsets. It is time that the church go on the offense to pray, to believe, to trust, to share the gospel, to watch men, women, boys and girls, little rocks that haven't got to the church yet, but who are going to get here? We have got to go on the offense, and we can't let up, we can't back up, we can't hush up until this church is filled up or until we go up. We going up one day, amen? You know, I, I, I remember the first time I ever flew on a plane. I was scared to death. But after I got up there, I loved everything about it. I did. I thought, you know what, this is great. I had rather fly two hours than to drive 12. This is amazing. And so, you know, I am flying I'm just flying, so I'm taking an airplane ride. One day, I'm just going to take a plane air ride, right? When the Lord raptures this thing called the church. And so I'm telling you, that gives me hope. That, 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 that changes my mindset. I would pray that it would change your mindset and how we look at things in the church and what we do. And I I pray that it would give us energy to, 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 to hear what Jesus said. Church, listen to me. We are not working toward victory. We are working from victory. It's already been won. It's not that we're waiting on the victory. It has already been won. Jesus has come. He did die. He rose again. Hallelujah. So we're not working toward victory. We're working from it today. It should change the way we sing. It should change the way we pray. It it should change the way that we do discipleship and evangelism and fellowship and everything. You understand what I'm saying? What would it do to us as a body if we began to think more of what Jesus has done? Old preacher said that, you know, the devil is nothing but a roaring lion. And the reason that he's a roaring lion is because God done pulled all his teeth. So I can be an overcomer even in face of opposition, because Jesus said we're overcomers. And you understand, listen, in the Scripture, in these biblical times, as well as our times, there is going to be persecution. I'm not saying there's not. There's going to be. There's going to be social persecution. Did you know that in the Scriptures, legally, these guys were told, you stop preaching the gospel? And they got bailed out. And you know what they did? They went right back in the streets. And guess what they started doing? Preaching the gospel. So you're going to experience, I might experience some social persecution. We may even experience political persecution. I'm just telling you, that there, you, you can mark it down. There is an enemy out there and that enemy is real. That enemy has already been overcome, right? So there's an enemy out there, but I'm going to tell you something. There's an enemy in here too. Say, "Uh uh-oh. Yep, you're right, Vern. There's an enemy in here. Sometimes we get so stinking prideful. Anybody here deal with pride? I have wrestled with it. I'll just be flat honest with you today. 
Baptists are the only people I know that can strut and sit down at the same time. <laughs> we deal with this rotten thing called pride that can absolutely overwhelm us. Here's the good news. Jesus has overcome pride. Jesus has overcome absolutely everything. And he is saying to Peter, he's saying to his disciples, he is saying to his church called Poplar Springs, it is time to knock down the barriers. Satan has erected all kinds of barriers in order to destroy you, to destroy our effectiveness in the kingdom of God. And it's time that we kick those barriers down. <laughs> Racism. You may go, I can just start, I can name them. There's a lot of barriers, right? And we need to start kicking them down one after the other after the other so that the glorious gospel of Jesus can be manifest and God's glory would be on display. That's what this world needs to see. This world, listen to me, listen. Now I know I'm going to say some stuff right now that you probably are not going to like. But I love you enough to tell you. This world may never be impressed with our buildings. They may never be impressed with our programs. They may never be impressed with how we dress. They may never be impressed with how we sing. But I promise you this, when the glory of God is on display in the lives of his people, that's the one thing the world can never argue with. They can't. And so what I think Jesus is saying, hey, Hey, church, it's not just speaking to Peter then. I think he's speaking to us now. That the greatest thing that could happen here at Piper Springs is that we see ourselves as a, an extension of God's hand. That we are God's strategy in this area for the advancement of the gospel. Man, that changes things right there, doesn't it? That changes everything. And can you imagine what it would be like for God's glory to burst from this place? Let me ask you a question. Do you think it would be different, a different attitude and feel even in this room if we baptized every other week instead of every other month? Do you think, it, listen, it, so, so there's some things we've got to knock down. Some of you are scared to death to share the gospel. We've got to knock that barrier down. What in the world is the world going to do to you? I remember the first time I ever shared the gospel with somebody. Scared me to death. And that person didn't come to know Jesus. And I thought I was an absolute failure to have a godly pastor pull me to the side and just teach me some stuff. But I'm going to tell you, some of us are fearful to share the gospel. It's time to knock that barrier down. Right? There's all kinds of things. I don't have time today to get into it. It's already 11.56, just in case you're wondering. All right? So I ain't got time today to talk about all the different bears. I'm just going to tell you, we're going to line them up and knock them down. Line them up, knock them down. So that his glory is on display. Now, I do think what I just preached can be taken from that text. But I am going to tell you, I don't think it's the purest exegesis of that text. So now I'm going to tell you what I think the purest exegesis is. Remember, it's the gates of Hades. It's the gate of the realm of death. 
I mean, if the worst thing that could ever happen to me or to you because of our faith in Jesus is somebody take our life for the gospel, if that's all, if that's the worst that could happen, I want you to listen to this. This is so good. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. If the worst thing that will ever happen to me is that I will be killed for following Jesus, well, glory! By the way, if I drop dead today and, the new, and Pat puts in the newspaper that I died, don't you believe it? I did not die. I didn't do it. I was just transformed in the moment. It just, just like that, to be absent from this body is what? To be present with the Lord. If the worst thing could happen is somebody would kill you for the cause of Christ, hey, 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 you're just going to be kicking up gold dust. I think that's what Jesus is saying. That's why he says a little bit later, are you willing? Matter of fact, listen, I know it's time to go, but just, just listen, just, just, just give, me, give me two seconds. Then Jesus said to his disciples, here's the latter part of chapter 16. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but who ever loses his life for my sake will find it for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul or what shall a man give in return for his soul for the son of man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his father and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the man, the Son of Man, coming in his kingdom. So church, my message today is it's time to get on the offense. And it's time to kick some of those barriers down. you trust him enough to do that? Would you pray today and say, God, I've never saw myself and I've never seen Poplar Springs as a part of your strategy to advance the kingdom. But today, I'll receive that. I will see us as a part of your strategy to advance the kingdom. Lord, today, I thank and praise you for who you are. God, I thank you for the truth of this text. And that, God, you are, God, I believe that you are orchestrating. God, you are you're setting things up. God, you are setting Popper Springs up for, God, a season of where maybe some of us have been just defeated and fearful. And we've been discouraged. Lord, maybe, maybe we've just been so disappointed and, God, there are just things that, that have happened that we wished hadn't have happened. And, and then, Lord, all of a sudden we begin to feel like we've just been kind of pushed around by the enemy. And, and Lord, so many times I'm afraid that we are so incredibly guilty of looking at what he has doing instead of resting in what you have already done. 
And Lord, my prayer today that there be many in this room today who would say, Jesus, I've never thought about myself being a part of your strategy. But if you're going to win this area of our country to Jesus, God, you're going to do it through us. And God, I pray that many would come today and say, Jesus, I'm willing to lay down my life. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to see the kingdom of God advance. We realize today, God, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Lord, we've been listening to the wrong voices. And I pray, God, that we would come wholly back to you and believe what you say of who you are and who we are. And Lord, I pray that one by one we will begin to knock down every single barrier that's keeping this body from being the church that you died for it to be. And God, we pray that many souls would come into the kingdom. Disciples would be made. People would follow you in believers' baptism. We would watch the church grow. And Lord, not just in membership, but, but God, to watch us being a part of just so many other opportunities just because you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, maybe somebody in this service today needs to be saved. God, maybe someone in this service today needs to join this fellowship and be a part of what you are going to do right here in this area for your good and for your glory. God, we pray that your glory will burst out of these walls. Lord, we pray this today in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand. Brother Scott and his praise team is going to lead us in a time of invitation. And, and just the only thing I know to say is this. If God spoke to you and you want to come pray, seek his face, then you come. You want to build an altar where you're standing, then you build an altar where you're standing. But in these moments, whatever God has spoken to you about, I want you to trust him for it. You need to be saved, you come be saved. You want to join this fellowship, you come. We'll open the doors of this fellowship. Trust him, trust him, trust him.
Amen. Aren't you glad you came today? Amen. Amen. Just a reminder, our guys will be out front to receive the offering or in the boxes as you leave. Church Council at 3.30 today. Church Council 3.30. And then next week we get to meet together after um, choir practice at 6.15. Next week we'll have a compass meeting, so don't miss it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for allowing us to come into your presence. Thank you for speaking. Lord, thank you for revealing to us again that we're part of your strategy. I pray that we will walk worthy of that. I pray that we'll embrace that and live it and that the barriers will be kicked down. We love you. We thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen.